Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk, episode uh, 746, recording today on Wednesday. It's the 7th of February. God, all my dates. Eight, is it the 8th? 8th of February. Sorry, I beg your pardon. I don't know what happened. I lost the day somewhere in the mix. Uh, this is the Music Technology Podcast. We talk about all things to do with music production, music creation, synthesizers, drum machines, software, instruments, speakers, studios, live performances, live streaming, I guess now, lots of that about all sorts of things. And I want to say thank you very much to all of you folks for joining us. It's been a much ple- a great pleasure. In fact, I've got a little message. I've uh, updated our Patreon ad because if you want to join us on Patreon and you're quick, you get your name in the credits at the end. But not only that, you get a bunch of other stuff besides. I'll let myself tell you more. Have you considered joining us on Patreon? Uh, it's a really mere $5.50 a month, which is what? A, a nice cup of coffee. And for that, you'll get exclusive videos. In fact, we've got uh, some uh, chat of me and Gaz talking about uh, a set of speakers that we've had in for a listen. Not for review, but they're 10 grand. Astonishing, they sound. If you want to find out more, check out Patreon. It'll be up in the next few days or so. You also get uh, Sonic Talk ad-free, as well as pre-show stuff in there. You get exclusive videos. You get occasional sample sets and downloads and there's a whole bunch of other benefits besides if you get in quick at the upper level you'll be able to see your name in the end credits of this very show once again we thank you very much for your support and uh, we'll speak to you soon Yes. So anyway, I, I've, I've replaced the one where I recorded it with a cold because the juxtaposition is just weird. It's like, why have you got a cold and you haven't got a cold? I need to get a professional voiceover artist to come in and uh, do all of our things. I, if only I knew one. I can't think where I uh, where I might find one. Uh, anyway, um, one of... Ah, look at that. It's Chris <laughs> Black from a battery-operated orchestra. Hello. How are you, Howdy. Chris? I'm good. Uh, Thanks, uh, Nick. What, Thanks for having me. You're welcome. First guest uh, in. Uh, you've got a new album out. There's all sorts of exciting stuff has been happening in your world. You, not only did you have your Boocast, which seems to be going great guns, which was last Monday, but uh, didn't you, right. you did a session on local radio, uh, or BBC, sorry, I beg yeah. your pardon, and got an album out. I mean, wow. Yeah, we got an album lots, out. So, I mean, um, it is a lot. Well, it's a 10-year anniversary thing, and uh, Finley Shakespeare of uh, Future Sound Systems contacted us because he started a record label called Go To Records, and he's, um, yeah, he's, color- he's got a load of artists on there. And he asked us, would you like to be involved? And we went, would you like to put a compilation out? And he went, that's exactly what I was thinking. So there's a fantastic 17-track compilation out on GoTo Records. If you go to their band camp, you'll find it. And uh, yes, it's lovely to get all these tracks from all over the, all over the years, all c- gathered in one place. And plus, this is the first time I've ever got anyone else to master our music because oh. I just thought it'd be interesting. Because I mean, I'm being of an age, I'm now uh, getting, becoming deaf above 3K. And uh, I thought it'd be <laughs> nice to get some young oh, yeah, ears. I'm sure. <laughs> and Findlay's got young ears. Mind you, he doesn't half give them a hammering with that lovely hardware he produces. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, one of the demos we did, we got the malevolent in, and oh my word, what a lovely, lovely thing. So yeah, and then we went to the BBC and uh, did a live lounge there, which is a little bit like playing in a in an office, surrounded. Mm. By, and we, the last time we did it, we were literally in the BBC shop, surrounded by Vicar of Dibley DVDs, which kind of takes the vibe away slightly. Um, and uh, yeah, we made a, an amazing uh, discovery, or rather, Bree did. Um, We've always wanted wireless IEMs, and um, we've, uh, through a little bit of research and through a very uh, interesting YouTube channel from a guy called Scott Uhl, he, uh we built a wireless IEM system for about 120 quid. Oh. Yeah. And I've got it here. Nice. Do you want to see? Whoa. Yeah, go on then. <laughs> is, it, is it something That's you can it. lift with one hand? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. Well, I mean, it's uh, oh, right. four hands. It's, uh, so these are the headphones. So, um, oh, what's his name? Um, oh, I've forgotten his name. The guy that, with a brilliant YouTube channel, Jazz uh, Sun Gazers, his band. Anyway, they were recommended. They were like 30 quid. Yeah, they're really, I've got a set like that. So these things, which are wireless, uh, like for guitars, you plug one into oh, your guitar right. and the other one into an amp. And it's 5.8 gigahertz, so it doesn't interfere with any Wi-Fi. And it's, you know, it's pretty good quality. It's mono, but Bree's using that little mixer, and bang, it's changed. It's changed her life, because she's got control over what she hears and, and does it. And 100 quid, 
I mean, it's on our booth. Very, if you want to find out more. Yeah, that, that, oh, definitely. Very important that you put a limiter across uh, anything that you stick in ear monitors, though. You really must do that because it's otherwise you need to have a, a oh, yeah. hard stop. So if something bad happens, it can't get through and you're not going to. Yeah. Okay. We should probably think about doing that then. <laughs> the guy at the BBC well, certainly on the studio, feed. Put, yeah. Yeah. Wait. He sent 48 volts down my mixer at one point by mistake uh, into the uh, output, which was fun, Ooh. a fun moment. But Ooh, yeah, nothing blew up. What up? It was good. But Phew, hey, the BBC, like... the... it was they're fun. Pros. So that's been, they are pros. They know what they're doing. They really do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Well, I, I, that sounds like a great experience. I've never done a session, a uh, radio session. I love. I would love to have gone to Maida Vale at one point. I mean, but sadly, those oh, days man, are gone. Oh, man, yeah. But, uh, the wedding cake. That's a shame. Yeah, well, the I wedding cake. Building. Yeah. Anyway, lovely to hear from you, uh, Chris. I, I, I should introduce Yoad as well. But um, uh, but yes. uh, so here we also have Mr. Yoad Nevo. Yoad, of course, in uh, yoadnevo.com in his Nevo Sound Studio, where he's surrounded by the tools of his trade. Uh, and I guess what what uh, what trade are you uh, 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 are you doing today? Is it uh, software development for waves? Is it mixing? Is it Atmos? Is it uh, sound libraries? What what is it you're doing at the moment, Yoad? It's, um, I think you're bang on. Yes, I would say all of them. <laughs> that's my all of them. That's my typical day. Uh, that's kind of uh, this, that kind of describes it with um, you know with a balance kind of shifting uh, between the different uh, the different tasks. But uh, that's what I love about what I do um, because it kind of makes me focus on different sort of disciplines and different products, really. Um, not just music or not just plugins, um, yeah. but kind of all together, which is great. Yeah, we just released a couple of days ago the Magma Channel Strip, which is a tube um, tube input um, and a really simple and effective three-band EQ with dynamics. Uh, which means a com uh, two types of compressors, gate or expander. And it's meant to be kind of, you know, thrown across all the, all the tracks, really. And then you can just use it like, um, to me, it feels like a bit like an 8068, like a Neve three band kind of vibe, which you can very quickly shape the sound and it's nice and it's light on the cpu so you can literally throw it across all the channels and you have that big that big knob there which uh which does a lot of good um, right yeah so that's uh nice that's well that's good so that's just uh, sorry just out just out. Oh, that's brilliant. Well, I guess it's always nice to have new products out there. Do you still get nervous? Do you get a kind of pre-release butterflies, or you know, do you do, are you ringing up going, has anyone bought one, <laughs> or are you do you leave it to the um, leave it to that team? You know, I've probably been involved with a hundred um, plugins so far, maybe more, maybe a tiny bit less, but it can't be that much less. I need to count it one wow. day. Um, so yeah, but it's, it's, it's nice when something is well accepted, you know, uh, and in any case, we're dealing with a large volume of, of users, luckily. Um, yeah. so, so it's nice to, to have a, a warm sort of reception to a warm sounding channel. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, perfect. A valve reception for a valve channel, yeah, nice. Exactly. I imagine there's quite a lot of clever stuff going on in there because obviously you're you're. Are you component modelling that stuff, or is it physically modelled? Is it um, what's the sort of uh, without? So the the tube stage is. You know, I can't I can't disclose too much, but it, no, I it understand. I just wondered what. Okay, so um, <laughs> it's kind of hybrid technologies, and uh, it's not so. It's not meant to be modeling a specific kind of right. You know, so it's just, um, yeah. device. So it's gotcha. uh, it's a it's a sound that we think kind of works, uh, and yeah, and cool. and it's very simple to control, and it gives you that, you know. 
that feel. Uh, that's it's a candle in a shoebox, but don't tell anybody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay well great uh, to have you both here and uh, much appreciated uh, i want to say hello to everybody in the chat room as well even though it's not updating i'll reload it it's uh, I've, that's the one thing i forgot to do before now and then we've got brooke we've got robarth we've got gertmis i want to say oh actually should say thanks very much to uh wagyu again for uh um moderating as he so often does uh, for many of us who uh, stream now as a, a very valuable public servant and friend to the streaming community very kind of him to uh, to help out like that uh, hopefully we'll meet one day uh, maybe he'll go to berlin and we'll see him at superbooth eh because we're we're starting to get our plans for superbooth together as uh, everybody knows and we're looking forward to that's going to be great fun but in the meantime let's let's uh, let's take a look at some topics i mean here's well i mean here's a big one Albion Colossus, yet another massive library. This this features a couple of uh, sort of expanded, so you've got an orchestra and a chamber orchestra. Plus, we've also got synths and uh, controls, like hype, scale, and features. Currently on offer, two nine nine. It's the usual premium stuff, but you know this is. I don't know where they got this footage from, but it's it's big budget stuff. This particularly good. I will probably get busted for it, but. Uh, um, yeah, but the, this actually came up from a comment that that came in the chat last week, and I, I wish I could find out where it was. It, it, it passed by, and it triggered a thought later on when I saw this. The Spitfire, this is 110 gigs, this library, so it's, you know, it's a big gig library, and as we know, a lot of places bring, uh, you can buy them on hard drives now, but it's now getting to the point where, you know, you need a lot of storage just to hold this sort of stuff and carry it around with you. I mean, I know SSDs and whatnot have come cheap, have become a lot cheaper. You could buy, you know, four or five terabytes, four terabytes for much more affordable than you used to be. Sample libraries are an interesting thing though, I think particularly with the new uh, Apple Silicon where RAM is a premium, you know, you don't get that much RAM and I'm curious to, to know. But first of all, um, I, I can't, I, I just, I'm not thinking you're a sample, big orchestral sample library user, uh, I would imagine. I'm, I may be wrong, but I, I no. thought I should come to you. You could deny that and strenuously I, or not? I, I am not, I'm not denying that. I am going to completely hold my hands up and say, no, I've, I've never had an orchestral library um i you know it'd be lovely to have one one day and if, if i needed to produce music of that kind for that amazingly terrifying bit of footage <laughs> these people being shot through plate glass windows and this thunderous stuff happening i freak, freaks me out a little bit but yeah did you say 110 gigs yeah 110 gig, uh, it's, yes it's a big pile of bytes right there i think was my exact phrasing which it's, it it's enormous is. I mean, the thing is, I've never, part of the reason I've never really had sample libraries, I don't, I'm trying to think if I've ever, I mean, I may have had a piano or two here or there, but um, I've never had that much RAM on my laptops anyway. I mean, you saw the laptops I was using until yeah. recently. And now we've got the Apple M1 um, and a couple of them in the house. Um, the thing about the RAM with the M1, though, is doesn't it use RAM differently? People are saying, I, yeah. I remember when the, the specs were coming out there, even though it's, you know, you've got 16 whatever, of RAM. Is it gig or meg? <laughs> yeah, gigs, yeah. Megs would be Thank a you, bit of a, that would be challenging. But it's super um, fast. I mean, but the point, I suppose the point is some of these libraries occupy large amounts of RAM and, and traditionally media composers would have computers with large amounts of RAM in them so that they would, even even if they just load the front end of all the samples they need and the rest is streamed from disk, you still need a certain amount of RAM to load that in. And we don't know whether or not the sample management for those kind of situations has been... As, that goes on under the hood in the plugins has been is evolved to take advantage of the speed and the the smaller memory footprints that we get in the M1 Max. So it's just we just don't know that. And I, well, suppose I guess that's the, that's the question. Somebody's going to have to try it and see how yeah, it performs. I think that would... I'm sure well, it probably will. That's true. The, the M1s are just everywhere now, aren't they? And the M2s um, gradually coming in as well. Well, they're in. Yeah, yeah it must work. Surely. Well, we've yeah, we've got an M2 here. I've got a Mac Mini, which I'm trying to run as a server to do all the things that the massive Mac Pro under the desk that's from 2006 that eats about four or five times the, the, the power. I want to turn it off because it just feels like a huge way. Yeah, well, you might know a bit more about this. I mean, Spitfire, as we know, I mean, they're the sort of market leaders, aren't they, really, in these kind of like signature sound libraries and mm -hmm. the way that they, you know, they, they kind of corner the market. They seem to create... They seem to 
have the sound libraries that everybody uses to create that sort of music. And I guess there's a danger, I suppose, that it could all sound the same and generic because of that. But there's a lot of variance and a lot of performance aspects in it. Have you have you checked this out? Have you had a listen to any of this stuff? Um, I haven't. I've I've looked at the at the video and it looks very impressive. And I love Spitfire. I mean, they have really um, good stuff. And I have a few of their libraries. And I'm kind of contemplating on maybe getting this one because it's just uh, a really good deal from from what I can tell uh, and what I can hear. Um, I have, you know, the just the entire um complete the native instrument complete occupies one and a half terabytes on my uh wow you know on my drive yeah maybe with a couple of other no actually maybe it's i don't know there's a lot of stuff and the and it's spread across uh different and then you have um nexus which is is a big library as well and then you have um Omnisphere and you know it uh, it can accumulate absolutely. Um, the the thing that started this whole um, concept of caching samples to to disk or from disk was uh, Giga Sampler when it came out in the mid nineties, I think ninety six maybe or ninety seven, and. Their claim to fame was the the Giga Piano, which was actually seven hundred and uh, six hundred and something megabytes, so it could fit on on a CD because that's how they distributed yeah. it. But it was still called the Giga Piano, and that was quite impressive because it has, I think, seven velocity zones, and uh, I don't think, if I remember correctly, I don't think that um, Giga Sampler had round robin kind of mechanism. But at the time, I used to um, mix in the box, but with seven computers, because no yeah. one computer could run, you know. Could handle uh, it. So I had the total Jeez. system as the effect returns uh, and the groups, because it had no latency or very uh, minimal latency. And uh, one computer for drums, one computer for vocals, one computer for guitars. They were all synced, wow. um, clocked, and MIDI time code. And I even they were all like whichever one I played, the others would chase this machine if they weren't playing themselves, um, and things like that. It was it was really exciting, um, and and one. One computer was uh, just a Giga Sampler, and it was great. Yeah. I loved it. It, it was uh, kind of really snappy, and uh, but then um, it was possible to import all the samples from Giga Sampler to EXS in Logic, which I did to convert them all. And now, not now. I mean, for the past I don't know twenty years or something, I have them. Uh, I use uh, EXS, and EXS is is really transparent like you get it you load it it's immediately there it loads samples in an instant and it's and you can open as many kind of um, instances as, as you want it's uh, it's a really good uh, as opposed to contact which is very very heavy and kind of you know it takes it takes time it's but slower, isn't it, it yeah, has it great libraries yeah yeah I'm curious, though, I mean, because this is a problem that I think a lot of people, because, you know, this is your scenario. I'm sitting here in my media studio. I've got, say, I don't know, let's say I buy the Spitfire library. I've got some other ones. I've got, you know, maybe a terabyte or two of samples that I need to access. Now, uh, you know, conventional wisdom says I would maybe have an SSD inside my desktop computer that would... Uh, be able to load that stuff fast. I, using Thunderbolt, I might be able to have that as an external SSD or an external drive. But then I decide I'm going to go on holiday for a while and I've got some deadline stuff to do. I'm going to take my laptop. I don't want to have to reinstall all of that stuff. You know, do you, would I, would you, would you use SSDs or NVMEs and then transport them with you? I mean, I know, you know, we can, we can, we can mirror those off, off in the background. So you've always got a, an up-to-date yeah. copy, but it, that managing that sort of stuff is an absolute nightmare if you're moving around, right? 
So, so my philosophy is always to have an exact copy of my system on a laptop that I can carry with me, including a hard drive. Um, and since I need here, I think there's one and a half or, or two or whatever, that's not an SSD, but it's just, it has a lot. Um, and it allows me to, to keep working. Um, but I would never, um, take stuff out of the, the studio setup because I need to access it remotely if needed ah. to load stuff or if I have, if I, you know, this is not everything, this is the kind of essential stuff, but if I need something, I need to be able to log in and print a file or bounce something or, you know, um, but, um, the idea is that the laptop is, uh, compatible with the with the studio yeah. with the studio machine and that in itself kind of limits me in a good way um you know uh from using uad uh, which are now native so it makes it more it makes it possible but there's, that's always but always what's going to happen so what say for instance you're working on a project and you decide you're going to use say the new spitfire library and that's not currently on your mobile system and you need to get it synced up sharpish uh, but your drives your sample drive is too full to be able to put the three the hundred gigabytes onto that it just becomes then an it you know it's like you you either have to have a system which can accommodate quickly another sample library of that magnitude or whatever you know so uh, it's inevitable but that's where that's where remote desktop uh, comes uh, to the help uh, okay. because so I that's what... always log in. I have a system that works. That's the main system. Everything is on here, and all the projects were created here, and I and I worked on in here. So obviously, it has all the resources and stuff. So I I can always log in, load the session, bounce a file, or whatever, right. uh, transfer yeah, the samples if missing or something like that. What technology are you using for remote desktop, if you don't mind me asking? Are you using just Apple's built-in or are you using a third-party thing? I use um, Re uh, Real VNC, um, TeamViewer, um, mainly. Interesting. Yeah. But, but, I mean, in terms of, of file um, transfer, I, everything is on Dropbox. So I don't really yeah. need – so I have everything on the laptop all the time. It's just whether it's synced locally or not. So I can, you know, you can reveal the yeah. files if I need to on the laptop. Right. Um, so it's always accessible. I don't need to, um, yeah, it's all in Dropbox. I could, I, I could, I'm, I'm, I'll, a top tip actually, if you've not used part or tried Parsec, Parsec is a, another remote desktop. Yeah, you told uh, me about system. it, I remember which is designed for gaming, so it's very low latency. So for sort of real-time audio stuff, it might be something that's worth looking at. Uh, it's quite an interesting... It's what, it's what I'm using now to audio, look at the... Yeah, in terms of audio, I obviously use uh, audio movers uh, to stream audio if I need other people to listen to my sessions or if I need to listen remotely to this computer <laughs> so i will run oh wow okay so so what you're now just get this straight because i think this might blow people's minds you're let's say you're on a beach in barbados i know you don't do that very often or, or ever but say you were you've got a good internet connection you happen to have your laptop and a screen you can remote desktop into your studio machine which will run all of your current sessions anything that you've got you could then set up a listen to session from the, the the session in your live studio and be mm -hmm. listening to that at 44 1 24 bit or whatever back i it mean latency might be in it yeah it will arrive a half a second later but i'm not playing even though i You're tried once to play on the virtual wow. you know on the yeah. midi network and record the move here from afar that that's a bit uh, but I used to, when I used to, to mix on the desk uh, or to sum through the desk, so I used to calibrate all the faders uh, and I used to even do that remotely. So I would solo each, I had a, a calibration session which had oscillators on, on every track, sent to every track and I would listen and check the metering um, coming back from each track to know that it's calibrated. 
Um, if a track would move because this thing kind of is half alive, then I would just skip that track and not use it for summing. But then I would um, run the mix in here, which would play through the Neve, gets recorded back um, while listening remotely. I used to do that. I've been doing it for like yeah. 10 years or even more. It's it, amazing, it isn't me it? In and things like that, amazing. yeah. Amazing. Anyway, uh, no, thanks for that insight. Anyway, uh, I'm sorry, I did, took a bit of a sidetrack there, but I just find, I mean, I'm starting to get into all of that now. I mean, quite often I might go home and uh, there's an edit like running on this machine here and I think, oh, I just need to tweak that and I can basically pass Absolutely. that into this machine, carry on ed editing the video, drop it into our upload system and then send it to a, you know, a client or to somebody who mm -hmm. needs to see a, a preview edit. And I can do that from my house on my laptop. It's pretty impressive. Um, I should probably uh, have a little word from our friends over at Baby Audio because uh, they continue to support us, uh, which is much appreciated in these uh, times. Uh, speaking of support, I just want to say thank you very much to David Skrojcik. Uh, I hope I've pronounced that right. Uh, for the super sticker, number one fan, thank you very much. But here's the ad. Anyway, here it comes. Baby Audio makes creative effects plugins designed to add colour and depth to your mixes. They won Plugin of the Year 2021 in Future Music and Computer Music Magazine and were nominated for the SOS Awards two years in a row. Why not check out Smooth Operator, a resonance suppression, equalisation and compression plugin that automatically eliminates resonances and muddiness, allows you to shape your track's tonal response while the plugin automatically eliminates resonances in the background. Get 15% off when checking out with the code ST15. And we thank uh, Baby Audio for their sponsorship. If you want to check out their plugins, they've got a whole lot going on. In fact, there's some new ones in there. I should probably get some updated uh, creatives, but uh, very much appreciated uh, uh, support from them. Uh, right, so we've got uh, more topics. Um, there's some there's some interesting stuff here. So um, let's, um, I think I'm going to go with this guy, uh, Spatial. Uh, this is Ab Vortex, which is an interesting sort of XY automation in the time domain that works in spatial audio uh, it's uh, by audio brewers it's stereo ambisonics processor with an xy pad and viscosity which allows for kinetic movement based modulations and time domain parameter modulation 3d positioning works in atmos as well currently 69 bucks from 89 oh, sorry euros i mean some of this is going to be a bit too far but the idea that you can move stuff around and it is if you're listening in stereo There's some pretty interesting things going on there with Ambisonics. Ambisonics, as we know, is kind of part of... I, I, I'm, I'm probably getting my metaphors mixed up, but uh, the, the stereo... Within Logic, you can, you can down-mix to a sort of stereo which has a, a pseudo-Ambisonics slash surround avijer. I'll come to you in a second, uh, Yoad, uh, but uh, have you experienced... <laughs> I don't know what... Chris, I, I don't know why I'm, I'm, I'm looking at you, but I know that... Because you do, you know, you yes. do a lot of mixing in your own. So, what what's your current mixing environment? Because I know uh, in software you were previously sort of you've, you've upped a generation. And what's your current sort of DAW of choice for for that kind of thing at the moment for mixing your stuff? Well, and, and yeah, well, I mean, we're using Reaper now, and I'm, I'm basically right. using it as a tape recorder in just the same way as I used the previous uh, Making Waves. Um, got a few things. This is very interesting, though. So the the um, spinning things around in three dimensions and uh, all that automation. It was uh, once again. It was making me think of uh, you know 1970s BBC horror children's programs uh, type sound effects. It's quite a <laughs> quite a pleasing sort of hauntological sort of quality to it. Although I'm sure there's a lot more uh, to it than that. But um, yeah, really uh, nice. But I, I mean, I don't tend to use a lot of uh, spatial stuff just a few reverbs and what have you, um, nothing like this. But um, I guess depending on what kind of work you're doing, I mean, this could be quite magical and special. Just have the control yeah, over all of that. Well, it sounds like, I mean, a lot of those examples, there's some pretty mad uh, modulation going on, but yeah. I imagine more subtle ones, you could get some very interesting stuff. I guess uh, uh, the obvious choice is coming to you, Yoa, now, because obviously you mix in Atmos and you're you're living in that world and you're kind of getting down to the finer points of that. Is this something that looks interesting? Because it looks like it will incorporate natively. Yeah, it sounds, it sounds very interesting. So the 3D effect you get 
on the stereo speakers, which I was listening listening to uh, just now, um, is very impressive. And the thing is with um, with ambisonics, um, you're able to rotate um, an image without creating all the objects that would otherwise be needed to, to do it. So it's a more efficient way and not unsimilar to, to MS kind of in a sense where it's right. the difference between the two mics or two capsules or, and then you can use one as the M and one as the S is if you like, and it gives you, but then you would use a higher order of sets like that, where you can use a common one, a common capsule as your middle, if you like, and then it's the differences between that and the other capsules, which allows you to to then rotate um, the uh, whole image in, in a sort of more efficient way, rather than having to create all these sort of objects that will will simulate all the speakers and um, uh, yeah so it's an interesting uh, it's 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 mainly a way to capture um, surround recordings and to deliver them more more efficiently but it has um, it has a, a lot of benefits uh, this looks like an interesting product I've, I've missed that on the pre-show links you sent but i'll look into uh, it, I, I, it looks very i think i i think i did send it but yeah probably worth checking out and if you're into you know because now uh atmos and or, or surround is available to, in many more situations than you know we've been currently used to yeah, so, the, yeah the, it, the, the question is always what is the format so uh 714 um, how do you deal with objects if you are in a Dolby Atmos um, situation with the Dolby Atmos renderer? Um, it, it's it's usually where do you place, where do you put a plugin like that? Um, if mm. it's on, because um, ah, here I can see that it deals, it does deal with the objects, which, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah I think I'll so. have to look into it. <laughs> it could be it could be something useful anyway well there we go a top tip um uh, yeah it just sounded kind of interesting i mean i, I like to say i'd like to have heard a, a bit because it sounded a bit like you know changing sp tape speed at certain times which is obviously a lot more pleasant than just sort of awful digital glitching but i'm sure there must be more subtle ways and the idea of moving things around slowly i was definitely getting a sense of of that in the short demo i heard and that's you know with web compression and whatnot so it could be fun maybe you can spin some backing vocals around around your head or um, no, possibly head. I mean, like you say, it, it did just listening on stereo. There was something going on there, but also it's quite similar to just mangling the uh, the delay speed and the and the length of uh, a reverb at the same time. But it's interesting mm. what Yard was saying. I'm getting the image that that the impression that it's it's sort of like creating a 3D picture out of what is a 2D plane, and then allowing you to sort of pull it and push it I'm, I'm just thinking in visual terms because when you were mm. saying when you say objects rather than doing that i i've never used atmos and i don't mix in anything other than stereo in fact mostly i'm mono actually to be perfectly honest with you <laughs> um but uh yeah this is really interesting yeah why not let's yeah. get them marching around your head <laughs> yeah definitely I, actually That's i remember say, there was a bit of oh Sorry, it's all right. I was just going to go. go no, you go. When I was a kid listening to uh, the Eurythmics album, there was a bit where uh, there was a crowd of tramping people that seemed to be marching all the way around your head. And I think uh, Dave Stewart got the award for best production for that album in 1980, whatever it was. And it definitely, it felt like it was moving right around your head and just in stereo. I wonder if that was, was Roland RSS. I wonder, because that was, uh, must might have been about that time. It might have been. So I nice. just want to say nice. hi. We've got yeah. DivKid in the chat room there. Hey, nice to see you, DivKid. Come oh, on the wow. show, for goodness sake. Get yourself over here one day. We, we want to get you back. I haven't seen you for ages. Anyway, that's an aside. Okay, anyway, that's available now. Like I say, 69 from 89 bucks. It doesn't seem like a a fantastically expensive outlay so if you're doing atmos it's it's probably something well worth checking out <clears throat> excuse me um so okay there are you know let's go to uh this topic now
This is by uh, Kilihu, uh, VST, VST Macro, Macro Control. Controls allow you to control VST plugin parameters in a more advanced way than Liv's Effects Rack device. Unlike the Effects Rack which displays parameter values in a range from 0 to 127, VST Macro Controls displays the real values of VST plugin parameters. It is also possible to configure the controls as knobs or buttons, and the knobs Hallelujah. can be configured in bipolar mode. Sorry, I'm, I'm having trouble because that is a, a, an AI generated or edited to sound like AI, and it's really grating. Um, so I'm glad to say they haven't quite got there yet, which is one thing. But this is like an interesting said, thing. Sorry, it sounded like it said lives VST rat. I was what the hell? Yeah, it did. It was it was definitely mispronounced. It's, it's got an element of the what's the just eat kind of thing, which is done by a sort of uh, a comedic voiceover. Well, it's probably I think that's just in the UK. Uh, but um, this is a really interesting thing because not only do you get um, the the thing about the. Uh, macros at least uh, and this is more about effects racks but we because we did uh, a couple of things actually in conjunction with ben divkid uh, we did our effects machines uh our freeze machines and they we had to use the macros for that and the only way that you, you couldn't create buttons and sort of position selector switches in the macros it's ridiculous that in all after all these years live still operate you can set the limit but you've still got a knob that goes from naught to one and it takes has to go all the way around and it is incredibly frustrating when you're controlling parameters that may be binary or off and on or whatever and this looks like it goes somewhere to it's nine euros it's i mean it's next to nothing i don't know um you you said uh chris that you're not you don't use uh use reaper have you had any experience with with live at all is that something you've looked into because it's a definitely you know, not really something. i mean uh, yeah i mean no. I, I jumped for reaper just because i liked the way it's, uh, it's super configurable um um mm. it sounds like it, it, it's taken this third party developer to do something that should have been done years ago um, by the sounds of it. <laughs> Why didn't anyone else yeah. do it? But yeah, but the Reaper in itself is extremely configurable. But the first thing you do is you just set it up the way you want it to work. And like it can take a long time, which is quite a pleasing, pleasing thing. Um, I haven't I have touched uh, Ableton Live once or twice. But um, I yeah, uh, good on them. Somebody's stuck some buttons on the things. Finally, yeah, I think it's, I think it's probably a Max MSP or Max for Live that you can put in there. I don't know. Um, you, yeah, I, I, I know you. You do you dabble with Live from time to time? You must have. Uh, you know, most people have got you know a m number of DLs, but I find it frustrating with the macros yeah. that you can't set them up in the right way. I don't know if the, I may be mis misunderstanding what exactly this does because. <clears throat> later on in the video what it actually enables you to do is to drop a vst in before it and it picks up all the values from the vst values and and mirrors them so if you've got something that goes in hertz uh, rather than naught to to one two eight, it reflects that on the controls and then you can configure the controls it just gives you a kind of <laughs> easy way to map those within live yeah it seems like uh like it it can communicate um with the plugin alg um so so it can have the real world uh values rather than just sending um automation data which i presume is what the normal uh, macros in in uh, ableton do um although even in automation you get the data back so you can tell when you're editing an automation lane what is the destination parameter in in a given plugin and and i guess that that's uh, the information that that they use here um and ableton could or can do it relatively easy easily uh, however if you imagine the amount of work they have already in, you know bringing in new features uh, responding to to users wish lists and, yeah. and things like that um i just know it from the other side the side of the of the company who has to actually deal with all that massive and when you have a door it's it's immense uh, and they produce content and and things like that you know so all those things together um, I think it's um, there are so many good ideas and good kind of um, ways to to pro progress. But when you're a big organization, it kind of 
you have to to just manage all the resources uh, that you can allocate to to new you know to new features and to to prioritize and and yeah. things oh, like that. Oh, of course, um, yeah, of course. <laughs> I think it's a large companies. Sorry, large yeah, companies you're... take ages to do anything. So it's probably why this is a little third party person has come along and done this. I'm just easy. Maybe yes, so. I mean, uh, macros have been there for probably, I reckon, best part of 10 years. So they've had a while. I mean, it's not it's not a kind of a big ass, but yeah, it's an interesting one. I suppose that's fair enough. But uh, yeah, I would like to have seen that. I uh, should probably just have a quick interject from uh, our friends over at Isotope, who are also continuing to support us uh, in 2023. Much appreciated, fellows. Ozone 10 is the future of mastering. The new version includes Master Assistant, match your master to any reference file or files. Also, the Stabilizer module in advanced adds clarity with intelligent and adaptive mastering EQ. Also included is the Impact module in advanced, which enhances the rhythm by controlling microdynamics. Don't forget the code SONIC10 at isotope.com forward slash SONICTALK to save an additional 10% off any software purchase, not including subscriptions. Indeed, and this is the very page. As I've said before, we have a, a dedicated uh, web page that they put together for us for a landing page. If you want to save 10% off anything, uh, Sonic 10 is the code to use. Uh, not subscriptions and not only hardware. I'm not sure if they still do Spire. Uh, I can't remember, but uh, anyway there's plenty of stuff for you to poke around with there and, and save cash and quite often on existing deals you can save an additional 10% which is I'm not sure that's that I think that may be a loophole they haven't plugged so you didn't hear it from me well you did obviously but uh, okay um, let's have a look see what's next uh, okay so who wants to see a cello playing robot ah yes I yeah of course you do This is uh, it's an interesting development compared to the running, jumping, lifting, throwing, hitting stuff we see from Boston Dynamics. Uh, this is playing a piece by Swedish composer Frederick Gran, who programs his arms to play bowed instruments and to tune and to put rosin on the brow. Although this isn't his composition, actually, this is Arvo Part, but it's, it's surprisingly delicate. And there are a number of other um, composers doing similar things. I wonder how you program a robot to do that. Do you have to kind of guide it? Is it like uh, Demi Moore and Ghost, where, you know, you've got Patrick Swayze behind kind of <laughs> fiddling about, or is it less romantic? I, I like to think it's Patrick Swayze rather than a man in a coat sort of wrenching robot arms around the place. Don't, I don't know how I feel. I don't know how I feel about this. How, how do you feel about this? Well, don't go the, down the path of romance and robots because we're getting into our old sticky area. Oh, Tatsuo, yeah. Mm. I, for one, welcome no. our robot overlords, and if they can possibly play lovely cello music while herding me into the prisons, I'll be very, very pleased about it. And um, that's the thing I want to know about this. Is it... Um, so a lot of the stuff on this website is talking about how expressive it is and how emotional you feel, and it's true. It's, it's got an emotional quality, content. It's, it's, it's moving. Is it the machine doing it, or is it, like you said, is it just, uh, is it like a 3D recording of a person's movements that's happening? Mm. In which case, that's fine, because they've been doing that for years. That's how the, the car robots work. So they'd have a, an engineer do it once, and then the machine just repeats it, as far as I know. Um, yeah, there seems to be a lot of this going on in the news at the moment, chat, GPT, and robots taking over and everything. I wonder, what, what's happening? Is this, is this going to be the last year of humanity? Well, I, I wouldn't joke too much, but it's uh, it's entirely it's not it's not an impossibility, but it's interesting. We seem to be very fixated on what's nifty. Hey, that's cool. It's cool, but is it good for us? Is that robot just as likely to smash smash the cello over your head and, like you say, herd you into some kind of prison camp where you turn into some yeah. biomass energy to 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 power itself or or what? That's I don't know. It's who's in charge? Another <laughs> indeed. Well, another thing that that often gets brought up as the idea of convenience. This is convenient. You don't have to use money, just show them your hand. You've seen there's a, there's a thing where you can use your palm to pay now. And uh, you know, that's all You've very, blown very it well now. good. You've hold your palm well, up, that's it. Oh, somebody's <laughs> taking a picture of it. <laughs> but that's the, it. the thing is, the thing is, I mean, money is fairly convenient. It used to be anyway, and now suddenly there's a, a generated need for it. And then you look around and the next thing you know, hey, there's no money anymore. 
um, already. I mean, I was up in London with Bray a little while ago, and we we had some cash with us. We couldn't spend it anywhere. We just couldn't spend it anywhere. Anyway, that's off the topic. Well, it's kind no, of that's interesting. running along the suppose- topic. I suppose what you you could end up with is, you know, it might be cheaper just to, to have a couple of robots um, in your place of work that uh, just plays the old piano in the corner uh, once in a while, you, you know, for you uh, as entertainment. I don't suppose that would be that entertaining after the first 20 minutes, but I suppose it's, uh, it's, it's something. It's an interesting well, idea, I suppose. I, I think the composition. Pianos. I think the composition aspect is interesting because it, it's entirely possible that you could get a robot to do things like uh, if it was playing a wind instrument, it you know wouldn't have to do circular breathing. It could play unfeasibly long notes, um, <laughs> and you know, and or change the vibrato to kind of ridiculous. Absolutely slow or ridiculously fast or very very controlled. I suppose oh, you're right. there are some po- yeah. there's some possibilities there. I don't know. I don't. I, I, I don't know what you think. But I mean, you know, humans humans are still important, obviously. But it's 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 at not the a, moment. Uh, uh, yeah, at the moment. <laughs> yeah. You got any robots at um, your place, Yoan? <laughs> um, not as of yet. I do have a lot of scripts and and things that do <laughs> only a lot in software. Of <laughs> for me in software yeah um <clears throat> so i think there are two aspects here one is whether it was actually played and sort of captured um kept like a capture of a human playing or a musician mm. playing or whether it was programmed and kind of with vectors and and things like that but then the question is which makes it maybe less artistic or less real or less something but then the question is when you play something on a keyboard it's midi so yeah if I suppose you so. then draw it like offline just draw the squares and move them about and give it a bit of swell and automation and modulation wheel or whatever in an offline way, will that somehow sound different? You wouldn't know because it will be different, but whether it's better or not than the other option. So Mm. I'm not sure. Um, I want to. I want. Then, I want to know how many cellos got broken in the uh, in the making because it's like, how much force time. should I execute at this point? Oh, not that much. Crunch. Oh well. <laughs> Next cello, please. That, you know, because there must be. <laughs> to my second thought was, which was this poor cello. Imagine what what's going on on its back. How many brackets and screws and stuff to have it because it has to be dead fixed to its you know its place for all this to work so it looks like it's just resting there on the sofa or whatever it is but it's actually held on very tightly the next phase is that giant rubber legs holding it together clamped like that (laughs) massively massive power of obviously with robot legs you can grip harder so you know, there's a whole world Easy. Of, uh, I think you're entering <laughs> dangerous territory there. That's a very different show, uh, but uh, I take your point. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, anyway, I just thought it was a bit of fun. Um, the other thing I wanted to, to, to run in was, you know, we've got room for a couple of questions. Uh, first question, I'll do this. This is uh, uh, from uh, um, Robert Fat Dust Hesch. He says, how do you join the pre-show live? Pre-show live is only available on Twitch. Uh, I probably shouldn't say that because I'm trying to encourage people to uh, to watch it after the fact on uh, on Patreon. But yes, on Twitch, it streams on Twitch only unless I mess it up and then it's everywhere <laughs> like I did a couple of weeks ago. But uh, that's one question. Uh, but next question. Right. So uh, this one is I did find this. I'm just going to. Where's it gone? Where's it gone? Uh, oh, wait a second. Ah, here we go. This is from Apex Cipher. If you are via YouTube, if you could only have one polysynth, unlimited budget, what would you choose? That's a good one. Um, I'm going to come to you first, Chris, because I know you're into your polysynth and into your synths. What? Uh, and you do synth monthly on uh, your bootcast, so synth yes, of the month. Do, so, yes. is there anything yeah, you would like that you? Yeah, the Moog, the Mini Moog. Did you uh, say yep. Moog right? I said it in every possible way I could. Matt, I ended up with Merch. Um, but um, so low, low price polysynth. No, uh, if any price, any price polysynth. If you had it, what one would you buy? If you could buy any polysynth at all, uh, right now. Um, uh, uh, 
I mean, I've got the the OB6 and I absolutely love it. And it's got a instantaneous beauty of, of the programmability of it is so great and delicious and it sounds great, whatever you do. Also, the OP6, which I've talked about already, which is slightly less expensive, at least it, if it's still available, I believe it's been discontinued, which makes one think that perhaps uh, Korg are coming out with something else there. However, I mean, it's very, very excitingly wide in its abilities, but quite complex mm. to get into. I mean, it's, 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 yeah. it's it, the OP6, you can take a second to create the sound you want with the... Uh, with the um, it's not, not the OP6, the OB6. The OB6 ob and OP6. <laughs> Too many sixes. The, the OB, quick. The, the OP6, long. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, that's true. I mean, I haven't really played. I mean, I, try, I had a play on the um, uh, the uh, OBX, or what's it called? OBX8 uh, yes. at the local shop. Um, I was quite surprised to see one of the buttons had broken. Apparently, they'd had a team of school kids come in and play with it, oh, and no. they broke one of the buttons. And I thought, well, that's not very good. But, I mean, that sounds gorgeous. And again, it's right back to the simplicity of the sound. No, no effects on board though I didn't really like the menu diving. I don't know. It depends on what you want, doesn't it? Um, yeah, well, that's true. I, well, I guess it's what you want. I, I, I think I, I'll, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going Polybrew, and I go Polybrew Noir, just because that's just come out, and I like the look of it. Oh, yeah. And I, and I haven't got a Polybrew, and I think the Polybrew sounds absolutely wonderful. Uh, um, and it's a good, it's a great experience to use. It's the morphing that makes it so interesting, I think. Uh, but I guess, you know, I'd imagine what uh, Apex Cypher is w expecting to hear is, you know, CS80 or, you know, whatever, the, 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 some, some things which are Voyetra, uh, or what, things that are uh, of rarity. But I think I'd go uh, polybrute uh, po myself. Yoad, how about you? If any, any polysynth you could, uh, money could buy, which would you go for? <laughs> Um, if it if it was just the one that I have I had to you know to get by with, um, I think I, you know I mentioned it before, but I think it would be the Deep Mind. I know that mm. it's not a very popular wow. opinion, but it's it's an analog synth with modern capabilities. It sounds great. You know, I have the Juno One Hundred Six. I'm not saying that they sound identical, but you can do all the things that the Juno does and it's a modern synth with arps and, and everything and effects and, and all that. The only annoying thing is that it has a, a, a fan. So when you switch it on, it kind of, you hear it. Oh, you can turn that down. You can turn, um, turn it down. But yeah, it is. It is annoying. Oh, can you? Or oh, you need to put the resistor or something? No, no. It's got the, there's a fan speed control in utilities, <laughs> which begs the question oh, why really? it's okay. there. Yeah, yeah, there is. You can do that. It's uh, install uh, a liquid cooling system. Yeah, you could. Couldn't you? I suppose. <laughs> I suppose Good if call. you play just a monophonic riff or something, you can turn it down. But if you play a lot of chords, you have to. Uh, to, yeah, to, if you use all four on. DSP slots, yeah. then you have to. Then then you then you have to. Yeah. You have to turn the fan up. Um, but but it's funny that. Um, but it's funny that we all talk about modern synthesizers, which I think it's 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 quite cool because I have many old ones, you know, including the Poly Six. I love the Poly Six. Um, you know the the the, the Super Jupiter, the um, JX10. That's an amazing synth. Uh, you know the I I even like this uh, the the mini log. It has a nice sound and an, a nice form yeah. factor and all that. Um, but I'm I'm I know it's a bit unfair to say because I have I don't know fifty hardware synths or something like that, and a lot of them are quite old. But I find myself liking the the new ones more. They're more, mm. they work, you know, everything works and it does what you expect it to do. And it, they all have MIDI and they all have, you can store presets or transfer to it. You know, it's just more friendly. Uh, I think and, that's a very and then they point. sound good as well. Yeah. I would like yeah. to give a shout out. This is a good call. Uh, Timdale Music via YouTube, if not, you know, the oh, Schmidt. Wow. That's a good call. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I've not played with it to know whether it's 
whether you know whether it sounds good or looks good i'm not sure i think i played with it once at music master i, I haven't had any time to sit down in it in a familiar environment where i would know whether it's you know what what the sound quality is like but it is quite an impressive thing. i'll tell you what i've been playing with um so i'm going to do a little video on the new zebra uh um legacy collection man that synth sounds good the yuhi zebra uh, and it comes with the legacy one comes with like 4,000 patches and all the Dark Knight ones and the Dark Knight edition. And I've just been playing through presets on this keyboard here. And once you get the uh, mod wheel and the, the control A and B, which is breath, I think, breath and something else, you get those involved. It is. It sounds really good. Those those sound designers have done an astonishing job, and it's got that kind of immediate wallop. Some native instrument stuff just has this production ready vibe to it, and that is the same thing with the U. And it sounds different to to Diva. It, the it's uh, yeah. I don't know if you've played with uh, um, Zebra at all. It's really good. <laughs> sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah. I like I like everything that uh, does. Uh, Hive Hive is amazing. It, there's mm. something about the sound which is uh it's everything uh silent wanted to be uh but just didn't have the kind of balls um yeah but then you know all these patches all these patches what do you do yes it's That's like true. when you I you mean, know when is... you actually wanted <laughs> I used to catalog and kind of uh, rename and reorder patches for, for years, but then the, it's just, there's too many to cope with. And I keep buying, I just bought um, a really nice uh, pack for Hydrosynth, uh, Ultimate something, one, right. two, ABC, AB, something really good patches. I haven't from the demo, but I haven't had the chance of even, you know, dumping them, the and dumping them into the, to the synth. I think that's a real, I, I, here's a thought. Here's a thought. This is where AI could help, right? So we could just go, Hey Siri, um, find me some nice bass patches. You know, Hey Siri, find me a sort of nice, dark, crusty, uh, um, tone noise tone or a uh, pad you know that that could be and then it just creates a little list to go try these and you just go click 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 that would be that could be something um to say um give me the the pad sound from this and this song would be even oh, nicer yeah. okay. because that's yes. actually what you want you know you have a reference and you want you want it, you want, you just want to play it. Um, yeah, I'm not sure how many, how much, if you compare the amount of data available for these crawlers and these uh, yeah. networks about abstract stuff when it comes to audio or trying to describe sonic properties and things like that, as opposed to how much uh, abundance the the abundance there is for um for text or for you know anything which is which stems from the spoken word or the written word which is what it's all about so here we're trying to describe yeah. sonics so it will always be limited in the in the amount of. Well, there are, uh, and, there, are also, there are things there are there are things we covered it. I think we covered it last week. There are things where you can just say, "I want this kind of music with this flavor," and, and it'll do it. It makes it from a sample set and sort of stitches together. It's like track um, tiny samples. It's not really there, but I wonder if there's a way to do it. I just want to apologise. Uh, <laughs> uh, hey, oh no, it wasn't that one. It was uh, Ken Lewis just said, "Stop taking oh. Siri." I beg, I beg your pardon. I do. I must remember to. <laughs> I, I didn't say the the a word. I should, yeah, I shouldn't have. I do beg your pardon, but I could see that sort. Of, we've talked about this before. This whole notion of having the having the the mix paperclip rather than the really annoying paperclip. You know, you know. Hey, can you just hey studio assistant, load me my uh, orchestral recording template, or load me you know a nine oh nine and a three oh three on tracks one. You know, whatever. There's that sort of stuff that might be useful, I suppose. But then again, it's you know it's. Stuff that can take the IT out of music production and just so you get less friction on your path from jumping up from the sofa mm -hmm. to laying your hands on a keyboard and playing the idea you had in your head, you know, or guitar or whatever it may be. That, I suppose, could be useful. I, but 
I, I think that the the way I've been using <clears throat> um, all these prep patches and presets is and samples, not to mention the the millions of of samples, is as opposed to knowing which each one of them does. Um, have a rough idea for folders where things could be. And then I just go and, you know, let my kind of um, intuition or whatever um, come across something unexpected, but within a sort of defined area. Um, yeah. So that's, yeah, how, yeah. that's no, no. how I go about that's it. That's what you want. You don't want something to give you what what you want. You want that's like when you do a Google search; it gives you well, it should give you millions of answers. Although uh, there are a couple of experiments you can the do. The first one will be spaced. Yes, I mean, but also as you go further down, it might start off with a billion responses. Once you get to page twenty, you'll see it goes down to four hundred. It's interesting. Try it with any search term, but the idea that you get different idea, different selections of answers that you can choose from. I mean, that's a better idea than saying, give me exactly that sound from that track so that I can use it here. Although you'd never do that, would you? You would, you would want to change it. But it's, it's the, yeah, I was, ne I was nearly having a panic attack earlier on with all the uh, talk of sharing stuff between different computers and stuff and then backing things up and knowing what's going on. I mean, it is, it, it's horrible. It's the opposite yeah. of creative. I mean, I'm, st yeah. <laughs> I'm starting to panic now. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I think maybe if you have an idea in your head, you know roughly what you want, and try to get there, and then you might find somewhere better on the way to not <coughs> yeah, get there. Yeah, that's true. Uh, or, or what about, hey, um, why does my snare sound like crap? Can you make my snare sound better, please? Can you can you give me a, can you fix my bass drum? Can you make my bass sound you know better or whatever? You know, the, the, I suppose there are you could it could be trained to do things and make suggestions. But then that's obviously yeah. just going to be tied in. Yes, what I suggest you do is uh, rent this plugin or buy this plugin from X, X vendor and put it in here. We can find you a special. You know, it's it's bound to. No, there you go. Sales. The end, but, yeah, <laughs> but there's it, already it will, the um, the AI assistant on uh, the Isotope stuff. Um, I've only ever used the one on um, uh, Nectar, um, and it's you know it's pretty good. But it's a jumping off point. It's not it's not where you stay. Yeah. Um, yeah, really. it's generally a bit fierce, I would find, for, for some things. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, um, I think that's probably a good time to close. Thanks for everybody for the questions. Do keep them coming. We are, I'm sorry we haven't got the, the, the comments posting going back to YouTube. We're working on getting that fixed, but we will be back with it at some point. But I am seeing your questions. If in future, uh, or at, as soon as I post the next episode, you can leave a question for the panel and they'll go into the system and we'll have them archived. So they're, they're queuing up and we try and clear the backlogs as soon, you know, when we can. Uh, but, oh yes, I nearly forgot, didn't I? We've uh, we've got a um, blooming... Emom. Uh, Emom. Emom on 11th of March. Is that right? Yeah, Sonic Emom link. There's the link, uh, Sonic Emom. That's if you want to attend in person. That's the uh, that's the place. Uh, that is in fact the page. Um, streaming will be free, of course, but uh, the Emom tickets. Be, please do come. Um, there should be it should be a great night. Last time was, uh, and uh, there'll be a bunch of people there as well and everything <laughs> and, we'll uh, and those there. of you who have uh, yeah absolutely so uh, please do I forgot I should have plugged that in the beginning so that's Saturday the 11th of March uh, from 7pm UK time but we'll be streaming it as well so do check that out yeah well, thank you so much for joining us uh, I'm guessing you're are you back to which which alt tab window are you going to first uh, straight after the show I'm in a Dolby mix right now so I'm going to go back Dolby, I am in you, as they say in, uh, in in certain circles. Thank you very much, Joad. Lovely to speak to you. And Chris, uh, nice to have you as well. Hey. Don't be a stranger. Do come back anytime. Always a oh, pleasure. Thank you. I will. I do have a little plug to give. It's, uh, it's uh, the first uh, headliners at your first EMOM, Al Tonin. That's Martin Swan and Simon Forsyth, uh, Vile Electrodes. And oh, they've got a name now. <laughs> I think they're called Altonan. I, I, I hope that's right. Anyway, they're playing, if you're in the area, they're in Hastings area, playing at uh, the Atomic Techno Night at Trim Trinity Townhouse on Saturday. So that might be good. If you want some nice banging dark techno. I know I do. Nice. 
That, yes, <laughs> one often does. Thank you so much, everybody. That was great. And thank you, everybody, in the chat. Lovely to uh, hear from you all, uh, wherever you are. Have a great uh, rest of the week. We'll see you next time, uh, Wednesday, 7 p.m. And uh, don't forget, join us on Patreon anytime you like. Uh, I can press a button and it, uh, will it show up? Yeah, look, there we go. Patreon.com forward slash Sonic Stay. Anyway, that's it for this week. I want to say thank you very much. We'll see you all next time. Take care now. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.